You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. You're going to hear Jake Lisko coming up in just a minute. Just wanted to uh, give you a playoff special, a little bonus content, as Jake would say. But a quick reminder to subscribe on YouTube, follow us wherever you get your podcast. We are free, we are daily, and we are coming at you. There are no days off this week. We're coming at you Saturday after the game. Um, obviously, this is kind of like a Friday evening, Saturday special for you. And uh, in this special, you're going to hear from Bengals special teams coordinator Darren Simmons on Joe Burr or Joey franchise Joe Burrow and you're also going to hear uh, from Ted Wynn of The Athletic covers the Raiders does a lot of great film stuff and Jake caught up with him earlier this week so you'll get the X's and O's part but I'm going to give you the hype part because the Bengals we know it they're looking for their first playoff win in 31 years I feel the buzz I sense the buzz I understand it and, uh, man, I was thinking back. This is the healthiest the Bengals have been going into the playoffs, dating back to the 2013 season. And this is just off of memory. I'm not looking at specific injuries, but you look at, like, quarterback, wide receivers, all of those things, like, main positions. 14, there were injury, injuries galore. Green didn't play. It was Rex Burkhead at receiver against the Colts. Then 15, you had Andy Dalton go down. And, well, you haven't been back since. So the Bengals really, really healthy. But this is the most excited I've seen this fan base since 2005. And that's my favorite Bengals team of all time. That was the team that I had, you know, because I had watched, I'm a 90s kid. So I had watched probably from 97 where I actually recall Bengals games to 2005 and I hadn't seen much winning. And they just took off, boom, like a rocket. And and, uh, that team was a lot of fun to watch. Well, this team, the reason I think it's comparable is the belief. The belief in the quarterback, the belief in uh, the talent around him and in the culture and uh, the way the defense is played. Like that fifth, uh, that 05 defense, they, they forced a lot of turnovers, but they weren't getting a ton of stops. 2015 defense was really damn good, but they didn't have their quarterback going into the postseason. And yeah, there were some that believed A.J. McCarron was the savior and had it. But uh, now that we've seen what it is with Joe Burrow, I think there's a clear difference. And speaking of it, there's one guy. One, Bengals coach that was around for Carson Palmer, that was around for Andy Dalton, that was around for A.J. McCarron, and that was around and is still around for Joey Burrow. And his name is Darren Simmons, the Bengals special teams coordinator. And, uh, you know, I was on a conference call or Zoom call with him earlier this week, and I I didn't have anything planned out to ask him, and I'm just kind of listening. And that's usually what I do in these news conferences is very rarely do I have something planned out or an agenda. I go with the feel, listen to what they say, Figure out if there's something interesting I can ask. There are times I go entire news conferences. I don't ask a player a question. I'm not just going to ask you, what, what color is the sky? Just to ask. Some people do that. I don't do that. And uh, in media in general, I'm not saying here in Cincinnati. Um, my, my colleagues, my Cincinnati reporters, they're perfect. Every single one of them. So no slander there. That being said, um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask Darren Simmons about the differences, the... Uh, what stands out, if anything surprised him about Joe Burrow since he's seen Palmer. He's seen a first overall pick. He's seen a second rounder exceed expectations and go to the playoffs. So does this feel different? Is it different? Here's uh, my question, and here's what Darren Simmons had to say. You're going to love this 
about Joey franchise. Darren, you were here for a young Carson, here for a young Andy, and obviously uh, yeah. saw what they did. What has stood out to you about Joe Burrow? And has anything surprised you? No, and nothing, nothing surprised me, honestly. I, I remember sitting in his uh, combine interview um, when we did that a couple years ago, and, and, and there was no question in my mind that it was the single best combine interview I'd ever set in on. I mean, the recall and the competitiveness that he showed in that 15-minute meeting was off the charts. Um, you know, we, we looked at video plays, you know, just throughout the course of the season. He had no background as to what plays they were, but he could tell you exactly what portion of the game it was, exactly what situation in the game it was. Hey, this is in the third quarter. I think we're, you know, down by three. I think this is a third down play. Here's what's going to happen. And, and he, his recall was incredible. Um, and not to say that those other two guys, Carson and uh, Andy, couldn't, but this guy's just a little different. You know, he, this guy, Joe doesn't say much. Not, Carson was not a real vocal guy either. Um, you know, and Andy really wasn't either, quite honestly. But this guy, it's just a, whatever it is, he, he, he has it, and, and you feel it in the room. Uh, and you feel it when he was out there on the field. He just has a quiet confidence because, you know, he's been there. He's done that. He's proven all this before. Um, you know, he did, he did it at LSU. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind he'll, he'll do it again. He'll do it again in his, in his NFL career here too. But there's just there's a very different feel with him out there. I'm, I'm damn glad he's on our team. That's good stuff. Whatever it is, he has it, and I believe it. I buy it. Why wouldn't you believe it? These Bengals believe it. You probably believe it. That's why you think the Bengals have a shot at making a run here. And uh, look, whether or not they make a run, the future should be bright. But I, you know, I, I've said it this week multiple times. This is not a house money game. This is a game where you have the dagger, and I said it on our Friday show with Joe Goodberry, drive the dagger straight through the heart of those playoff demons. And um, speaking of Joe Goodberry, go back and listen to our episode with him, our episode with Bengal Sands, our crossover with your boy Q. I mean, we've been loaded all week, and it's been a fun and busy week. So make sure if you're road tripping for the game, uh, you're flying it, just download the episodes, listen wherever you get your podcasts, or subscribe on YouTube and watch them so you can see my... You know, my little dance. I didn't dance at the beginning of this episode. This is the the bonus, but we'll, we'll get a little jig in right here. Um, but without further ado, it's time to talk X's and O's. It's Jake Lisko. It's Ted Wynn. It's next right here on Locked on Bengals. But first, I have to tell you about OnlineGambling.com because we're all looking for an edge. All of us. We all want an edge. We all want to figure out how we can make more money in anything we do. And we like to win. And OnlineGambling.com can help you do it. Look, they've asked me who I think is going to make the Super Bowl, who's going to be playing at SoFi Stadium. And I think Brady Burrow sounds pretty damn good. So that's what I'm going with. And it doesn't matter if you're a novice, if you're an expert, OnlineGambling.com. They have tips. They have help for you to make sure you're making the best decisions when you're gambling. Because let's be honest here, sports gambling it's a lot of fun. A lot of people are doing it, but you want to be as educated as possible when you're wagering. So make sure you visit onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all of the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the postseason. Again, it's simple. Onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. I also have to tell you about Get Upside, the free app it's going to save you money at the gas pump every time you fill up. All you have to do is take your cell phone, your smart device, whether it's an iPhone, Android, it's in the App Store, it's in Google Play, download GetUpside. 
And then what's going to happen is you're going to get up to 25 cents off per gallon every time you fill up. And right now with promo code touchdown, you're going to get a bonus 25 cents off your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up. That's free money. That's easy money. You can use it uh, and take it to onlinegambling.com and turn it into more money. All right. So all you have to do is download the app, get upside right now and use promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents off per gallon on your first fill up. And you can take that money and deposit it in your bank account, PayPal, turn it into an Amazon gift card, whatever you choose. Again, make sure you use get upside promo code touchdown. We're now joined by the athletics, Ted Wynn. Know you're in the Bay Area, Ted. A lot of excitement about Las Vegas making this playoff run. Wanted to talk a little bit of scheme with you. And I wanted to start actually with Gus Bradley's defense. Uh, cover three defense predominantly. That's the bread and butter. And he likes to send his front four. And the front four, to, to their credit, have been very successful, led by Max Crosby. And I expect Max Crosby to reprise his performance against a backup Bengals right tackle. But really curious about first the secondary matchups, the cover three stuff and the general approach from Gus Bradley went pretty well the first time around. It's one of the most recent games from Joe Burrow that wasn't excellent by, by my eye, by my evaluation. So what do you think it was about the approach in that first game that worked so well? And with the Bengals offense getting more heavy in the past game, do you think that it will require any changes uh, the second time around? Yeah, well, I, I think um, the basis of Bradley's defense is to not give up any explosive passes. So they're, you know, sitting back in their cover three zone, not allowing uh, Chase and Higgins and those guys to get behind them and just keeping everything in front of them. And obviously just letting the four man pass rush go to work. And, you know, if, if it's one thing that could say, you know, really help out the Raiders is if the, if the defensive line has another very dominating performance and, you know, obviously there's going to be some attention on Crosby with chip blocks and help and that sort of thing. So I, I think the real key matchup is going to be Ngakwe rushing off the left side. Uh, I thought he played decently uh, against the Bengals um, in week 11, um, and, and he's going to need another strong performance. And, um, you know, I, and one thing is one thing the Raiders got much better at uh, from that game against the Bengals is they, they've been able to um, defend the run a much better. And, and one of the reasons is uh, they took Corey Littleton off the field and put divine Diablo, the rookie um, in, and him between him and um, Corey Littleton, I mean, not Corey Littleton uh, between him and um, Blake on Denzel Perriman. Um, they've been able to do a really good job of, of defending the run and, and uh, Darius Phylon has been disruptive, but he's hurt too. So that's a key injury. And uh, Jonathan Hankin is Hankins is probably the, the Raiders' best interior run defender, and he's questionable to play. He didn't practice today, so that's something to watch out for. Yeah, and I'm really interested in that run matchup. The Raiders like to send their defensive linemen upfield, a very penetrating attacking style uh, that our our film and expert that we have on Locked On Bengals called a Rod Rob Marinelli Marinelli, sorry Rob Marinelli style of defensive line play. What, if anything, slows down the pass rush if the Bengals run the ball well again, which really one of the last games the Bengals ran the ball well was against the Raiders, and Joe Mixon seems to love playing against the Raiders. Does that affect the pass rush significantly, or do they maintain their we're going to get upfield and we're going to try to make plays in the backfield approach regardless of the opponent's run game? 
Yeah, you know, I think, you know, being a single gap team and being a max fit team, meaning, you know, you have that eighth guy in a box with the strong safety because that's just kind of nature of uh, cover three. Uh, you are able to get upfield a lot. Um, so, you know, teams have been able to run on the Raiders and they, they still get a pretty decent pass rush. But obviously, if you are able to get into less third and long situations and you don't have to hold on to the ball as as long and you could hit those quick passes, then you're going to negate the pass rush and you're going to start frustrating those those pass rushers. So, um, you know, if if the Bengals are able to run the ball and get into, you know, third and four situations, third, you know, third and six situations, that kind of deal, then uh, the pass rush will get negated. And um, I know one thing that has really helped the, the Bengals offense is Burrow being able to extend plays. Um, and, and he's really become, you know, sort of a maestro, maestro in that when the Bengals offense have, has really got go, gotten going. So, but I wonder how much he's willing to extend plays against, you know, this pair of speed rushers that get upfield quickly. Yeah, it's something that I think he's probably very willing to do now. Will that be to the Bengals' benefit or detriment is something that we'll find out on mm-hmm. Saturday because the Bengals have played, I, I've talked about this on, on the podcast, a gauntlet of tight ends and a gauntlet of edge rushers. And we'll maybe talk about Darren Waller, the tight end in a little bit, but TJ Watt twice a year, Miles Garrett twice a year. Uh, they got both Boses this year. So they, they've seen everybody. And it'll be another test for really uh, an offensive line that has struggled, even with Joe Burrow playing well. Uh, I think that that's more Burrow than it is pass protection, and he is creating. But it's also a lot of quick game. It's a lot of mm-hmm. Joe Burrow processing really well. You can't fool him twice. He's better the second time he sees you. So that's why I kind of wonder, and maybe this is just an impossible question, what if any wrinkles you think uh, Gus Bradley might throw in the second time around? Yeah, he, he's been a little more willing to blitz. Um, and, and he just in key situations, he, he'll call a blitz. And it's just funny because teams uh, – teams don't really expect him to blitz. And when he does, they get like so surprised he blitzes and you'll see free rushers come in. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I do think that he's blitzed a little bit more, but I don't know if he would want to do it against Burrow because Burrow's able to get rid of the ball so quickly and find his hot receivers and that sort of deal. So maybe the Raiders play a little more tight man to man in some situations um, just to kind of uh, just to uh, t- really get tight on those quick routes um but yeah i mean it's bradley doesn't really switch up what he does too much you know he is who he is and uh even in these huge games uh he he doesn't do too he'll adjust certain things here there but there's just not gonna he's not gonna be a guy that will just surprise you with an entirely new scheme that you haven't seen before yeah a couple things there that reminds me of one link martindale just being so stubborn and sticking to the way that he likes to call his defense in both Bengals games this year and then steve spagnola the next week kind of taking a page out of martindale's book and kind of playing a lot of man a lot of press and when joe burrow sees you pressed up on jamar chase and you're mm-hmm. single high the ball's going to jamar chase on the side yeah and and yeah he's taking that shot 99 percent of the time It'll be interesting to see if we do see more press this week because it, it does look like they play off quite a bit. I think that's one of the reasons that a guy like Brandon Faison, who the Bengals went after the first time around, was able to stay on top of some of those vertical passes. And to, to the Raiders' credit, they did a great job of keeping the ball in front of them. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about Derek Carr. He has gotten the Raiders to the playoffs. He, he's played well enough for the Raiders to win four games in a row. It looks like maybe in the last couple of weeks, he's had a little bit of turnover luck. 
on his side? Maybe not, but I'm curious from your point of view, what, what level is Derek Carr playing at right now? And with Josh Jacobs playing a little bit better, how much does it matter in your opinion? Yeah, you know, I think um, he didn't have his best game against the Chargers, even though they were able, able to pull out a win in that game. You know, I thought the, the defense made some timely play, plays. They were able to run the ball pretty well against the Chargers front. Um, but the car let a bunch of opportunities go. You know, uh, he just kind of missed passes in that game. Uh, but, yeah, I think he overall in, in the Raiders' win streak, he has played better. Um, and, and, but I think one of the keys to him playing better is, um, the Raiders being able to run the ball much better than they have, um, all season it really started against the Bengals in, in the second half when, uh, Jacobs had his huge fumble right before the, uh, half ended. And they just came out with this attitude that they're going to simplify the run scheme and, um, and run hard. And I think simplifying the run scheme really helped out this young offensive line rewatching that Bengals game they were you know they tried a few funky things that just didn't really work out in their favor um so yeah I, I think just being able to run the ball and, and play use more play action against the Bengals they only dropped back uh dropped back with six play action um plays in that game they'll run a lot more than that in this game it's one of the things that really helped out their offense and helped out uh Derek Carr as well is that something that has seen an uptick in frequency maybe it was you that tweeted this but I saw a tweet that was and indicate in, that indicated Derek Carr has been really good in play action, but has used play action like the least in the NFL mm -hmm. amongst frequent starters. Yeah, that's uh, I, I think I was the one who tweeted that, but yeah, I mean, it's been something that I, I've talked about for a long time. The Raiders need to use more play action because Carr is so good at it, and and they have uh, used more, and it's uh, part of the reason why the, the offense is playing better. Uh, one thing that I was curious about that, uh, you know, I want to ask you was the um, the Bengals played very little man coverage against the Raiders to, uh, in week 11. Uh, and the only other team they pl really played really uh, not much man coverage against also was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those were the two lowest um, games as far as man coverage frequency. So I was wondering you know, if you knew kind of the thought process between behind why they decided to play more zone against the Raiders that week? I don't think I could tell you. Lou Anarumo honestly keeps me on my toes. I, I, mm -hmm. I think that he does some different things every week. I think they are very matchup dependent, and it could be something to do with the way they thought Derek Carr processed. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I just think back to that game, and it seemed like he was checking the ball down the entire game. Yeah, A lot of underneath stuff didn't take shots when they were there. I mean, there was some vertical stuff to Darren Waller, I think. And, and that seemed to be the vert, like the entire vertical game in, in that first game. I don't recall Brian Edwards or Zay Jones really getting a shot downfield. Maybe there was one or two that I'm not remembering, but um, could be something like that, right? It could be a, a Darren Waller effect. Uh, you know, we don't think that you can go underneath the whole game and beat us. And so we're going to try to keep the ball in front of us and, and maybe try to trick him. And I know, Eli Apple got him with a, a cover two a little bit coming off for that pick. And yeah. he got Patrick Mahomes with the same thing. Uh, he just dropped the pick in week 17. Do you think that something, is that why you think, did that contribute to Carr checking it down so much? Or is there something that's changed in Carr since that game that, that he's seeing the field a little better? Or what, what do you think contributed there? Well, yeah, I think part um, of the re part of why it was part of the game plan to run all these like little wide receiver screens and bubble screens. 
And I, I didn't really like that uh, part of their game plan. Uh, I thought, and they were doing that a lot in the beginning of the season because they just did not trust the offensive line at all. So they're trying to get, you know, try to get the ball out of Carr's hands and perimeter and trying to create kind of a pseudo run game that way. Uh, but since then, they, they've kind of stopped doing that. And um, I think they trust their offensive line to go downfield a little bit more, which is uh, why Carr has been uh, more aggressive as of late. So the line has improved a bit. And uh, and another reason I think, you know, I, I don't think they have anybody to really match up with Darren Waller. Um, you know, the, the few times they did play man, I think Darren Waller got him on, a, on an option route. So um, they, I don't think they have the right bodies to match up uh, with, with Waller. No, and they've had a really mixed bag of success against tight ends this year. They, they've, and this is a gauntlet of tight ends, right? George Kittle, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, Waller twice, Andrews twice, uh, Hawkinson, Noah Fant, like all these early round guys are, are the class of the NFL at tight end. But I agree with you. I think I mentioned this on, on our show as well. Like la- the last time these teams played, they, they put Cheeto Abuzie on Waller for a snap. I think Waller beat him straight up and that's the Bengals best corner. And he's a physical good corner, but they tried to bracket him a few times. So I'm going to be interested to see if the Bengals give Waller more attention and that frees up some of these perimeter options and, and Carr ready to chuck it, right? He's ready to let yeah. Brian Edwards have that Moss moment that he has from time to time, or just put it up for Zay Jones. Let's talk about the, the Raiders offensive line. This is an area that is a similar weakness, I think, for both teams where there's a, a solid to good left tackle, Colton Miller, a good left tackle, and a bunch of questions. Besides that, although I would say Quentin Spain's been playing mostly really well at left guard for the Bengals, fun matchup, Hendrickson Miller on, on the left side of the Raiders offensive line. I thought Hendrickson got the best of Miller the first time around, although there were some splash plays that probably make me feel that way. But I'm really interested in with the advent of, of Josh Jacobs running the ball better, how do you think this interior offensive line for the Raiders matches up with DJ Reader with the, the two-gapping ability and just his size and strength and technical ability? Yeah, I, I think um, Simpson has been playing much better, in, especially in a run game. Yeah, I thought the Raiders got some decent movement on, on the Bengals' uh, interior. Um, there were some RPOs where Carr didn't hand off the ball. Um, but uh, again, there, I think there, the, the, and the rushing total at the end of the game kind of, uh, was because of the score, they couldn't run yeah. the ball, uh, much they were all playing catch up and, uh, there were some negative plays. So I, I think that's one thing the Raiders have cleaned up a bit. You'll still see him is where they'll, they'll just let somebody go and, you know, they'll, they'll end up with a negative four gain or whatever. Uh, but they, I think they, I think the Raiders off the line can get some movement on this Bengals front. Um, it, they just need to really hone in, uh, in on their assignments and not have those kind of brain fart moments and, and get those negative plays. Overall, would you say this is kind of a game script game for the Raiders? We've talked about with the Bengals this year with their pass protection issues that there are a lot of game script games where if they get behind, it could get ugly. Is this something where you see if, if the Raiders get behind earlier, they're not able to establish Josh Jacobs, that that's not the way they want it to go? Or, or what do you think the ideal kind of get style of game or archetype of game, like defensive slug fest versus run, run it down your throats kind of game would be for the Raiders in this one. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think they would like the game to go a lot like uh, the, the chargers game where they're able to hit a, a occasional big play and 
you know, move the ball on the ground decently, get get into their play action. And that's been kind of their formula to uh, on, on the win streak. They've been able to run the ball with some efficiency. They'll, you'll still see those negative plays. But, the you know, even the coaches talked about it. They want to be able to run the ball to get their play action game going. And that's just a component of their offense that has been uh, much improved since the first time they played. On the other hand, what would be the thing that should scare the Raiders the most in this matchup? Is it as simple as Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have a, a good connection or is there something deeper to you that might go the Bengals way in this matchup? Uh, I, I think it's just, it's going to be the run defense. I mean, um, you know, I, I think they can't, you know, just the style of defense they play, it's hard to get explosive uh, plays on them. And, and just with their pass rush, you know, it's going to be hard for, uh, Burrow to hold on to the ball to get the ball deep but I, I just think that if they can't stop the run um, that's just going to be create all sorts of problems for them um, and, and they've been better at, at stopping a run but you know Joe Mixon's a hell of a back so we'll see uh, what they're able to do especially you know with Darius Phylon, um, who, who who was a key part of why the run defense was so good you know Torres is a Patel attendant in that uh, Chargers game yeah, and the Bengals missed him the first time around as well. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Ted, really appreciate the time and your the input and information about the Raiders. This has been great. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Good stuff there from Ted Nguyen and Jake Lisko. All right, that's it. You're, you're seeing this face for the last time, at least on Locked On Bengals, hearing this voice for the last time on Locked On Bengals until – the post-game show on Saturday evening. Boy, oh boy, I hope I'm dancing. I hope Jake's wooing. And until then, I'm James Rapine for Jake Lisko. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast.